Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing why I hate Hanoi. Yeah, I rarely use the word hate, and I really debated about doing this podcast, but on the slight chance it might help someone else not have the experience I had the last two weeks almost, I'm making this podcast because I had my students tell me two things over the past three years. One, that I should visit Taiwan. Two, that I should visit Hanoi in my travels. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go visit Hanoi and see what it's like. Hanoi, Vietnam, you know, there's a beautiful bay nearby. There's an awesome aquarium. I know people don't travel across the world to see an aquarium, but still I'm like, there's a really cool aquarium and they have penguins. So I was like, I am going to Vietnam. I applied for my visa literally about a month before I was supposed to go. I got approved. I was supposed to go for like 24 days. I had my apartment booked on a go to beautiful apartment with a gym and a swimming pool in a really nice part of Hanoi by this awesome lake that you could walk around. And I booked it for a month. But because I had a very bad experience in Taipei, I decided to book it for like 10 days at a time so I wouldn't use up all my month's rent money on one time and have it be a disaster because if it's a disaster I could cancel and find something else. So I actually booked two different apartments not at the same time but well they overlapped and they were sometimes at the same time because of that if one sucks brick I can go to the other and I'll cancel it before it would be a problem. So that was my plan. But before I got to my apartment, I booked like a three-day stay in like this apartment hotel that they had called um, I Stay Apartments in the center of Hanoi, the heart of Hanoi. So I was like, I flew in and we landed. And I was like, I don't mean it weird. I was starting to have kind of this weird feeling when I got on the plane because I'm like, this doesn't feel quite comfortable. And I can't even explain why because it's like, I don't have problems flying. I've flown several times now. So it's like, I'm not worried about flying. So it's like, I just felt kind of weird about things. And you should always go with your gut. But I'm like, I'm still glad I did it now because it taught me several things. But we landed and they bring like this tube to the plane that you walk down and get into this weird, really low shuttle that takes you to the airport. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. No offense. I'm like, I don't, I've never been at an airport with one of these, but okay. So I get on it and then we go to the airport and we all line up for immigration. And I don't know, I was like, I was in line and I saw these other people in line who were from like Europe and they were having some trouble getting through immigration. I went, this is kind of strange. I'm like, they didn't, they didn't look like, you know, scary people or anything. Actually though, I found out later they were there to try exotic mushrooms. I found that out when they were chatting. So I'm like, well, maybe they should have been looking at them kind of strange immigration, but anyway. 
I'm like, I don't know. I guess Hanoi is a hub for exotic mushrooms. So they were going to go get some mushrooms and go to the beach. And like, if you get caught, you could get like life in prison in Vietnam for having drugs. So I'm just saying, I don't think it's worth the risk. But anyway, I don't know how it turned out for those folks. But I'm in line for immigration. There's people there from Europe. There's me from America. There's people from China. There's some people from Vietnam. And we're all going through the line. Well, I noticed that as foreigners come through and certain people from Vietnam, it's like the immigration officials are literally glaring at people. And it'd be different, like, I'm like, if these people were scary or had, you know, something that was wrong, but they literally would glare at them and then hand them their paperwork. Where I get up there and I'm like, I don't speak Vietnamese. And I hand them my visa, my onward ticket, and my passport. And the man literally glares at me for like a minute and a half. Then he goes through my passport for like two minutes. And it takes about 10 minutes before the whole thing is through. And I'm like, was it something I didn't say? I'm like, no offense. I'm like, I really don't look like the criminal type. So I'm like, this is really strange. So... I leave there and I go to the airport terminal and I have all these people yelling and shouting, let me get you a taxi, let me get you a SIM card. And I'm like, I literally take my suitcase and I go wait by the door and I pull out my phone and the guys with the SIM cards are looking at me going, this crazy American woman, she's not listening to us at all. And I'm like, I'm looking at my SIM card notice because there was a special SIM card I was supposed to get if I'm in Vietnam because it's the best SIM card. So it's like, I went and I checked the SIM card name and then I saw it was the two guys who were yelling about the tax in the SIM card. And I'm like, okay, they are the only ones in the airport that apparently have the SIM card. So I guess I'll go to the people who are yelling. So I went there, I got my SIM card. Now the SIM card was super cheap. It was like 15 bucks. And the internet wasn't too bad through that hotspot. It wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't terrible. But anyway, and I'm right by an airport right now. So that's why you hear this noise, which is lovely. But I'm in a much better place than I was two days ago. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, I get my SIM card. They also tell me they can get me a tax. I ask how much it will be. It's like 24 bucks to 20, 24 bucks for the taxi and the SIM card. It actually ended up being like 27, but I'm like, I'm not fussing over three bucks. I get in the taxi and they tell me as I'm leaving, they're like, make sure you get in the right taxi. It is very important because there have been some problems. I'm like, no one told me that Vietnam was dangerous. No one told me that there was any kind of problem. And there's the planes again. I'm like, wow, it's noisy tonight. But anyway, I'm like, no one told me that there was anything. It's like supposed to be the best place for female solo travelers to go. So I'm like, where have I gotten myself into? I'm like, I was born in Kansas. I mean, no offense. I'm like, we don't get out much. No, no offense to Kansans. I'm like, I have traveled a lot in this last year, but I'm like, I, I'm a hobbit and what in the heck's with the taxis? So I get in the right taxi. I go to my apartment and I'm hit with this wall of cigarette smoke when I get to Hanoi, like when I get out. And the other thing I notice is no one is walking on the streets in Hanoi. I don't know why I'm looking and going, no one's walking here at all 
it's only like 10 o'clock at night and no one is on the streets. So, and there are no traffic lights. So my poor taxi driver had to keep honking his horn because that's the only way they communicate apparently. So I'm like, I hadn't figured that out quite yet. I just thought it was really weird because I'm like, I'm looking outside. I'm not really looking at the traffic. I'm just looking at the street sidewalks and I'm like, there's nobody walking the streets. There are people in the restaurant, but there is no one walking the streets. So we get to the center of Hanoi and I get out, I get to my apartment and I have to say my apartment was lovely. It made me remember why I love a kitchen. I'm like, I don't mean it weird, but wherever I end up after June, I'm going to decide where I'm settling here for the next, I don't know, do we ever have anything called permanency? I'm like, I don't mean it weird. After COVID, it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be in two years, but I do know what I'm going to be doing in two years. I'm like, but I don't know where I'm going to be yet. And like, I don't even know if after June, I'll know where I'm going to be yet. But anyway, I'm not in a war. It just sounds bad. <laughs> anyway, so the planes are going off. Okay. But anyway, I'm like, so I... I get to my apartment. The apartment is beautiful. There's a kitchen. There's a bed. There's a beautiful tub. I cannot use it except really fast because the bathroom is full of black mold. I mean, not a little bit of black mold. I mean, like, a massive amount of black mold. I'm going <laughs> to... Just a minute. I'm going to go shut my window because I'm like, the planes taking off are really, really loud tonight. I was trying to stay cooler I haven't figured out how to read my um, air conditioner remote yet. It's in a foreign language, and I don't know the foreign language yet. So I'm like, I tried Google Translate, and that was pretty pointless. So I might have to ask the landlord tomorrow, how do I turn on the air conditioner? I'm like, the lights are going, but the temperature has not gone down. So anyway, but anyway. Moving back to the apartment. So the apartment was great, but the bathroom, it's like huge, beautiful apartment, table, TV, kitchen. I mean, really nice apartment, but the bathroom is full of black mold. And so I'm really kind of freaked out by now because the the whole hotel floor smells like cigarette smoke. Outside smells like cigarette smoke. When I step out of the cab, the, the street is littered with cigarettes. I mean, it's like it's just not completely covered, but a lot of the street is covered with cigarette um, remains. So I'm like, I haven't had an asthma attack, except when I go on way too long of walks and I'm too vigorous in like over two years now. But I'm going... I do not want to have an asthma problem in this city that I'm not familiar in, where I don't even know what kind of medical we really have here. So I turned on my air purifier. I took some allergy medication. I have my inhaler in hand just in case. I don't know why, but I wait to take my inhaler. I really shouldn't do that. I figured it out by like the fourth day. I'm like, take the darn inhaler. But anyway, so... I shut the door to the bathroom because they all have like porch doors on them, glass porch doors. So I shut the door in the bathroom so it didn't smell terribly in the room. I'm like, I know there's mold spores, but I'm like, I cannot deal with that. And it's already 11 o'clock at night. So I get up the next morning and I'm like, I'm going to go visit the heart of Hanoi. And I'm so excited. But I'm like, I go out 
And again, it's full of cigarette smoke and cigarette remains. I also, I had my, I'm not doing this next time I go to another place. I'm taking a really zippered bag that I can use as a crossbody, even though I don't like wearing crossbodies because it draws tension to my chest, which I don't need attention there. But anyway, I'm like, you know, I'm getting a crossbody bag because all I had was my bad buddy pran bag, which I use all the time because where I normally live, no one would ever steal my wallet. I mean, like for the past few months, it's like, I don't have to worry about that at all. It's not a problem. No one's going to be bothering it. If I lose my wallet, they will take it to the police station because that's the kind of people I'm around right now. But I'm like, on this trip I'm going, I don't feel comfortable with my pram bag, which is saying a lot because I like my pram bag. But I literally had to hold it to my side, and I had people kind of eyeing my bag. Then I went into the shops because I was like, I'm going to go get breakfast because I didn't have any food or any of that. So I went into the convenience store to get some food, and I got a steamed roll and some noodles, but I didn't realize I was in the Korean district of Hanoi and the noodles were like coated with chili powder. So that was not edible really for me because I, I don't do spicy. So if you, if you like spicy, it might be the place to go. But I was like, okay. And the steamed roll was supposed to just be a roll and a quail egg, but it had some kind of sausage and I'm allergic to pork. So I was like, this morning is not going too well. So I'm like, it's going to be okay. But at the convenience store, I noticed like I was had to wait for my for my breakfast. And I went up to set and I'm like, everyone was really standoffish. I mean, not just a little bit, it's like I was going maybe they know I'm an American and they don't like me because of what happened in the Vietnam War, which I would totally understand and empathize with. But most people think I'm British when I talk. So I still haven't figured that one out quite. But I'm just saying that was a joke. But anyway, I'm like, I don't quite understand why I'm getting all these kind of really angry kind of looks and a lot of unfriendliness. I'm like, this is just making me really, really uncomfortable. So then I went to go back to my apartment. I'm like, I'm just going to teach and I'll deal with figuring out food and all that later. So I went back to my apartment. I did get some produce at a local food stand that was nearby and was able to cook up some like eggs and um, carrots and Napa cabbage. So that was nice. And again, it reminded me, kitchens are nice. I should get a kitchen one of these days. So I'm like, after June, I'm getting a kitchen. I don't know how, I don't know where, but I'm like, I'm getting a kitchen. It's going to be nice. It's going to have sink and stove and all that little kitcheny stuff that I haven't had for a while because I'm like, I don't really need it, but it's really nice to just be able to do that if you want to. So anyway, I'm like, I made myself some food. I taught some lessons. I was like, my students really helped me kind of just stabilize because I'm like, I have delightful students that I teach English to online. And I'm like, 
that was very peaceful. But then I went back out to try to get groceries. And when I went into the stores, I was like, they're pointing at me and sniggering. And I know, even though I can't speak Vietnamese, I'm like, they're saying we're going to make money off this person. I'm like, oh my goodness, what in the world? <laughs> so I literally turn and walk out of the store. And this happens like three times in a row. And I'm like, this is so freaking weird. So then I go to the Korean market and I get some things there. It's run by some Koreans. I don't have the sniggering problem there. And then I go back to my hotel. So that's how I spent like three days. I also had two students, one from Japan and one from Korea online. One actually was living in Hanoi. And she's like, I have been here for four years, Anna. And she said, it doesn't really get better. I said, is it? is it because I'm an American? She said, no, no, it's not because you're an American. She said, it has nothing to do with you being American. She said, I am Korean. I've been here four years. They do the same thing when I go into shops or when I try to do things. And she said, and also you need to make sure you do not pull your cell phone out when you are outside. And I'm going, um, excuse me? She said, I am serious. She said, keep your cell phone in your bag and do not pull it out and do not put it in your hand. And I said, what, what do you mean? And she said, they will grab it out of your hand on the motorbikes. And I'm going, um, what? And she said, seriously, she said, don't take your cell phone out. She said, or you will not have your phone. So I was like, okay, now I'm even really more uncomfortable. So then I have another student from Japan and he says, Anna, don't take your cell phone out of your back. And I'm like, you know, it's been kind of two days for this. So I'm like, by the end of that, I'm going, I had had trouble with getting a hold of my apartment before I left my other place I was staying. So I couldn't reach them by email or phone or whatever, but I thought, you know, I'm sure that'll work out. And if not, I can go to the other apartment. Well, the day I left from my apartment, I used Grab because the Korean student told me, get Grab on your phone because they're the only taxi service that doesn't have a bad reputation for doing things they shouldn't with people in their taxi, basically. And I'm like, this is lovely. So anyway, I ordered the Grab. I go to the supposed apartment and there are two addresses for the apartment, which I could not figure out, to be honest. The one is like the building across the street and the other is the actual building that I was supposed to be staying in. Well, I go to the building I was supposed to be staying in and they say, we don't have your reservation. We don't even know what you're talking about. I'm going, Agoda had an apartment on there that was a scam. So anyway, I call Agoda. Agoda's like, we'll refund you the money. You can cancel your other bookings for this apartment, etc. Well, by this point, I'm on day three in Hanoi. And I'm like, the other thing is I cannot see the sky because it is so gray with the smog. And when I try to cross the street, there are no traffic lights for anyone. So like from 530 in the morning until 1pm at night, everyone is honking their horns, not because they're angry at one another, but because it's the only way they can avoid colliding with one another because they like to go in and merge and almost touch each other on the tips. 
So crossing the street is like taking your life in your hands and getting in a taxi in Hanoi is very close to it too. So anyway, I get I get another taxi. I book an apartment, or not apartment, I book a hotel near the airport to kind of go and regroup because at this point I've had three days in Hanoi. It was supposed to be a vacation with a gym and a pool and a really beautiful apartment. And by now I'm like, I have just had it up to here with elves on this trip and I can't even take my phone out to take pictures of, you know, Hanoi. So I'm like, I am going to pack up. I'm going to the airport hotel. I am going to get a room for literally like 15 bucks a night because it's, it's really cheap to visit Vietnam. But I'm like, it is not, it's not worth it if it's like this. <laughs> and I'm sure other people had wonderful experiences. But I'm like, I have never had this kind of issue before. But anyway, well, that's not entirely true. I used to live in a very rural part of the Midwest. And in this small town of like 200 people, I had similar issues because it was very clicky and they were very against outsiders. But not even there did I have it so pronounced. So I make it to the airport. I book it for two nights so I can kind of regroup, repack my things because I had kind of not had it all together and was in a disheveled mess. And so anyway, I regroup. I'm like, I'm going to get the fast, the quickest flight I can out of here and go somewhere else. So I looked at my options. I was like, maybe I can go to Thailand. And I'm like, Thailand is problematic because number one, I've never been to Thailand. It's a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place. I love the dramas from there, but I'm like, what if I have an experience similar to Vietnam? I'm really not up for two of those in one month. And I don't want to have to try to come up with another ticket to get somewhere else within this pay period. So I'm like, okay, what can we do? So I was like, I tried to get an economy of a flight back to another place that I know is very safe, very good. I've been there before. I'm like, I can go there again. It will be fine. It will be clean. I even know a place I can get an apartment that's very nice. It will all be laid out and I don't have to try to figure things out. So I'm like, I will do this. But I was like, bloody heck, the bookings that were available yesterday are gone until literally like the 6th of March. I have to stay here for 12 days. And I'm like, okay calm down. So I kind of chilled. I went to booking.com. I was like, this is a nice hotel, but the bathroom again has black mold. I'm like, I don't like black mold. And also I don't want to have to spend $15 a day when I could be somewhere else that gets higher reviews and is like literally 11 bucks a day. So I went online. I found this place called Family Transit Hotel. They have one and two. I booked Family Transit Hotel 2. I took a grab the second day um, to that hotel. And not that my other one was bad. It's just I don't like black mold. And I was like, if I have to be here, I would rather try one third time and see if I can be somewhere that's a little closer to the airport so the air will be a little better. And also so that I can just be settled in a more reason a little bit reason. I know it's only like four bucks a day but I'm like still that'll cover my food here so I'm like I'll just go there 
And so I moved there. I was there for a little over a week. I also, I'm like, everyone was like, well, are you going to go to Halong Bay or are you going to go to do this or that? And honestly, when I left my one airport hotel for the other one, the car I was in, the taxi, was almost front-ended. My taxi driver was the nicest guy. I mean, no offense, I'm like, the taxi drivers I had through Grab and the hotel owners at iStay, I think the other was Avida and then um, Family Transit Hotels, they are amazing people. I mean, really, just absolutely delightful human beings but they are really my only good experience in Vietnam I'm like that's terrible but true but I'm like I my taxi was almost front-ended on the way to the hotel now to give you an idea this is only about a five kilometer ride from one hotel to the other so it's not like a huge journey of epic proportions but my poor taxi driver sitting there and he's he's a very nice guy but he's he's literally freaking out in Vietnamese I'm in the back I'm pretty calm even though I see that the the car is about to literally demolish the front end of this very small taxi I'm like you know I haven't come this far in life to be killed in Vietnam in the middle of my way from one hotel to another I'm like it's going to be okay <laughs> so I'm like I'm sitting in the back I'm pretty calm but I'm like this is kind of surreal because my taxi driver is completely losing it up front and I'm sure he's been driving for many years but I'm like in, when I make it to the other hotel, I am not leaving here. I am not going to go to Halong Bay. I am not going to go to the aquarium. I am going to set and I'm just going to be and I'm going to teach and study because this is bloody crazy. So I get to my hotel. The room is amazing. And they also bring an extra chair from my desk so I can sit and work. And the view is lovely. The food was awesome. I think it was like, it was literally like $1.50 a meal. So by the end of the week, I only need to pay like 24 bucks and or $20 for like six days of food. And that included my taxi to the airport. I couldn't believe it. So I'm like, and my room was only $11 a night. So it was less than $100 for over a week's stay. So I couldn't be more happier with the hotel. But I was like, this is not a vacation. This is like a deal with it and get somewhere else kind of thing. So anyway, I'm like, that experience was very strange. But it led me down a rabbit hole because I was like, you know... Maybe I'm just having a bad experience. Maybe this is an exception to the rule because I've read so much about Vietnam being a beautiful, wonderful, magical place to visit. And I really don't think that the, the vibe ha is this way, you know, in general. Well, I got online and I was actually reading a blog by Nomadic Matt and then a couple of other female solo travelers about basically why they will never go back to Vietnam. And the interesting thing is, is they all said the same darn thing I just said. They said, you know, people will literally try to 
laugh at you and take money from you while you fully know it. And I, I'm going, this is so very weird because like I did when I was at the family transit hotel, I tried to go and get a coffee at a coffee shop. That's literally a two minute walk from the hotel. So I walked down the road and my, the owner of the hotel, I should have taken this as a warning sign because he's a very nice man. He's like, if you need anything, we can get it for you here at the hotel. You don't have to go out, ma'am. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but okay. And he says, and if you need a taxi, I know a very dependable, basically taxi drivers who can get you where you need to go. And I said, and he said, and it's very reasonable. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's really nice. Thank you. But I'm like, I decided to go and try to get a coffee about literally a two minute walk away from my hotel. So I'm walking down the road and it's a dirt road because I'm in the I'm in like the edge of Hanoi. So I'm literally like four kilometers, five kilometers from the airport. Countryside. Outside I've got uh, lots of jungle foliage. They have fresh bananas every morning. It's it's amazing food. I mean that's it's one of the good perks of Vietnam. The food, fabulous and really cheap and good. And I didn't get any food poisoning. Everything's very, very very delicious and no upset. But as I'm walking down the road, I see a convenience shop. Now, the convenience shops in Vietnam that are ran by like non-okay convenient, like the okay brand convenience shop, which is the main one in Vietnam, at least in Hanoi, the other ones are kind of like these mom and pop stores where they have just like a few things that you can buy at the shop, like literally a, just a few items, very, very small amount. But I'm like, well, I'll stop at the convenience shop and I'll get some instant coffee and some choco pies because the choco pies were fabulous. That was one good thing. I, I did take a little bit of vacation. Like I had two boxes of choco pies during my stay in Hanoi. And I also had like a day where I had three face masks because I really need to decompress. So I had three Korean face masks. I'm like, that's my vacation right there. Okay. But my next one's going to be much better. Pool, gym, I'm just saying. So anyway, so I'm at the convenience shop and it's run by this very elderly lady. And she... I hand her the money for the coffee and the choco pies. And she tries to hand me back like literally 30 to 40,000 VND less than I'm supposed to get. And I'm standing there, I'm going, um, no. And she looks at me and I'm like, no. I said, this isn't the right amount. And so then she kind of just hymns and hauls and hustles and shifts the money around and then gives me the right amount after I stand there because I'm like, I don't even remember. Like, I wasn't worried about my safety. That's not it. I'm like, I'm not worried. It's okay. But I'm like, I'm not going to let you take thirty to 40,000 VNT extra because you're feeling festive and think that because I'm a foreigner, I can't count. <laughs> I'm like... No, maybe it's the Scottish Irish person in me, but I'm like, I'm not doing this. And so she hems and haws and gives me back the correct amount. And I tootle onto the coffee shop. I go to the coffee shop. I get my coffee. And I have this lady behind the counter. She's like, so are you here all alone? And I'm like, even if I was, I wouldn't be telling some random stranger at a coffee shop that I'm here all alone. I'm like, no, I have friends that are going to be joining me. I'm like, 
actually the one I told not to come to Hanoi and the other I'm not sure if they're going to show up or not but for all intents and purposes yes I have a truckload of people coming to join me so anyway I get my matcha latte and I head back and as I'm walking back there is this group of like five young guys that just keep eyeing me as I'm walking down the road back to the hotel and I'm like I haven't had anyone looking at me like that since I was about 14 and was wearing a sleeveless shirt, which I wasn't doing to be attractive. It was a hot day. And then I decided I wasn't going to be wearing sleeveless shirts anymore. And I'm like, I'm just going to go back to my hotel room and I'm going to let the nice man who runs it and his family know if I need anything, like he said, <laughs> and I'm not going to do this again. I'm like, this is crazy. So anyway, that was my experience in Hanoi. Now, I will say the articles I read by people who also had very similar experiences, not maybe with the feeling unsafe component, but with the, what would you call it? The people trying to take a lot of extra money and sniggering and talking about how they're going to be getting the extra money. And again, I don't speak Vietnamese, that's not it, but it is kind of similar to Thai. And you can tell a lot just by people's um, gestures with certain things. But I'm like, but they did say in those blog posts and articles that Ho Chi Minh City is supposed to be much better and nicer for people who are from foreign countries to visit. Now, overall, I do not know if it's true, but according to Google and an article on there, only they, Vietnam only has a 5% return tourist rate. Yeah. 95% of the people who visit Vietnam do not go back to Vietnam, according to an article on Google when you search this, which I will try to find and drop in the link for you guys. I'm sorry, I'm really behind on the links because it's been crazy. But anyway, it's going to get better. It really is, I think. My finals are this month, but it'll be okay. Not my finals, my midterm exam. Yeah, two of them. I'm like, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Yeah. Dealing with those on Saturday and Sunday. Not dealing with them till then. But anyway, carved out those two days. It's like, okay, setting those aside. But anyway, so, you know, that tells me that I'm not the only person who's had this trouble. Now, I will say I'm not quite sure why, like, for example, when you go to Thailand, I don't hear people talking about things like this nearly as much. It's like I was talking to my best friend and he's like, Anna, don't give up on Thailand. Because I'm sitting there, I was like, Mr. R, Vietnam is really bad. I'm like, it's not a little bad. It's like really, really bad. I'm like, I know you were supposed to join me and we were supposed to go, you know, do stuff. I'm like, I just want to leave. Do not come. Trust me, you don't want to be here. I'm like, it is really bad. And he's like, I'm really bogged down with work, so I don't know when I get away. And I'm like, you're not missing anything except really good food and the view from a hotel room. I'm like, it's not really that awesome. I'm like, no offense. But anyway, he's like, Anna, don't give up on visiting Thailand. He's like, it isn't that way. He said, now there are some alleys you don't want to go down where they sell weed. He's like, my mom and I happened to go down that by accident. And 
oh, that really freaked her out. And I'm like, yeah, I bet that did freak out your mom. And he's like, but you won't do that because you will know you, you don't want to go down alleys. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of do know you don't want to go down alleys. But he's like, you'll do fine in Thailand. He said, it's not the same vibe. He said, I didn't feel unsafe once with me, my mom, my dad, my family, everybody went. He's like, no, you don't need to worry about this. And he's like, and there's a lot of people from all over in Thailand. So he said, it's not the same vibe as you're getting in Vietnam. Where he said, it's a, basically a monoculture that doesn't want to have other cultures around too much, apparently. So anyway, I'm like, okay, I won't give up on Thailand. I'll add it to my list to visit one of these days. So anyway, I pack up my bags. I head to the airport 12 days later. It takes a very, it, I get to leave. I check in my bags. I have to go have two of my bags wrapped in plastic because apparently they didn't want to take them as like carry-on bags. So I had them wrapped in plastic. The guy who wrapped them in plastic was supposed to charge me 60 VND a piece, or no, 30 VND a piece. Yeah, 60 VND a piece. He says, well, that'd be $150 VND, 150,000 VND for both. I'm like, it will be 120,000 VND. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, it will be 100. I'm like, you have the sign in big letters right here, 60,000 VND wrapping per bag. I'm like, I don't even remember. I can't read English. You can read English. I didn't put up the sign. You did, fella. So I'm like, you know, I'm not good with math, but even I know that 60 and 60 does not equal 150 VND. So I'm like, even at the airport. So anyway, I take my bags. I get everything checked in. I'm under the 50 kilograms. I was like at 44 kilograms for all my suitcases. I'm like, thank goodness I didn't bring everything because there's another 150 pounds of stuff in my storage. So I'm like, so I get ready to go through immigration. They, they eye me again, kind of like, what is she doing? And then they stamp my passport with my exit date. Then I go through another line. The guy has to look at my passport again. I'm like, I feel like I'm in some kind of time warp. I'm like, I have never had this much trouble leaving a place in my life. So anyway, I'm like, I get through there. And then as I'm getting ready to leave the final bit of immigration, the final immigration agent literally blows his nose into his hand, which is now wet with snot. And he grabs my visa and my pa my passport and he grabs it with that wet hand with snot and looks through it and then hands it back. I'm like, I'm going to have to disinfect my passport now. <laughs> and so I then go through security and I set off the security alarm four times because apparently my PayPal debit card has metal in it, which I didn't realize that would set off the security. I'm like, it's my billfold. And they're like, put it through the machine. I'm like, God, don't let anyone take my billfold <laughs> in the machine. So I put it through the machine and they didn't like my lithium battery for my cell phone in my pocket either. So I had to put that through the machine. And then I think there was one more thing I had that was beeping and I had to put that through the machine. I was like, my goodness. I was like, I just, I want to leave. So then I finally end up in waiting for the gate. They moved our gate. 
Then they moved our gate back to the original gate. So we all had to leave me and a bunch of um, people from Rajasthan. It was kind of nice because like, oh, it's like being being among friends. I'm like, ah, I'm back with some people. I kind of get along. kind of kind of um, get along with better, I think, than the people here. <laughs> so anyway, they're listening to some um, Hindi pop songs. I'm like. I know this song. This song's kind of good. So anyway, <laughs> then we all go to the other gate. We get loaded on. The plane takes off. We travel. We land. And I'm like, I don't know a lot about my life, but I know one thing. I am never going to Hanoi again. And so that long and lengthy podcast is why... I am not going to Hanoi again. Now, this is not to say that I am against anyone who is Vietnamese at all, because I've met some wonderful people who are Vietnamese. My people who ran the hotel, the people who who drove me places, I'm like, they are so brave to be able to drive in that. I'm like, no offense. I'm like, wow. And I've met many, many Vietnamese Americans, and they are absolutely delightful, amazing human beings. So this is not like a major prejudice against anyone who is Vietnamese. I am simply saying that the atmosphere and the people who are the front face of Hanoi could maybe use a bit of a facelift when it comes to how they're interacting with foreigners. And again, I thought it was because I was an American, but According to the Koreans and the Japanese I spoke to who also have been there, and according to Nomadic Matt and a bunch of other people, it's not just me. So I'm like, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. I really don't. But anyway, I think that the most glad thing I am is, you know, the trip did teach me something because it was like I was talking to my best friend and an acquaintance, and they said, well, like, what? What? do you think basically you've gotten from this? And I'm like, well, it really solidified in my mind that there, it's not how it is. I haven't once since I've left the U.S. missed the States. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. I love the people there. I have really good friends there. And I do plan on coming back to the States sometimes for visits and things. Probably not for a few years. But in, in the future, I will be back to visit and also to deal with my storage units. Yeah, I got some stuff I got to sort. I did downsize before I left. So in my defense, I think, I think yeah, yeah, I did. But <laughs> I still have a lot of stuff. But anyway, I'm like, you know, I learned that there are certain places. I think by going somewhere that you don't like, you kind of figure out, what you do like. And it was like, I was talking to him like, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year. I do know by this June, I will probably have that solidified in my mind in a tangible way. And like right now, I'm really kind of stressed about many things. Like number one, I'm like, 
my taxes, which I need to finish and I need to pay, which is like $500 by August. I'm like, I don't want to have to do that. It's stressful. I got to work a lot to pay that. And then there's my school, which I'm like, is pretty much paid with grants. But again, I've got some I've got to pay by May. And that's a little stressful. And I got to figure out that I, I got to go in for a dental appointment. I'm like, and for a checkup. I'm like, this all costs. And then, you know, I got to buy things like, you know, food. It's like, I, I'm like, you could not eat. I'm like, I, I don't think that's going to work, Anna. I think you're going to want to be able to eat i'm like well can we cut the budget i'm like uh not on that but i did i did unsubscribe to some things this this last month i'm like i i discontinued my kindle limited i was like i was reading an article with my students about how the average american has like seven subscriptions i'm like what do i have subscriptions so i'm like i have subscription to kindle I don't read hardly ever, except for like my 800 page textbooks this semester. So I'm like, I'm cutting that. I I like the BL drama available on Gaga Ooh La La, but I hardly ever have time to watch it. So if I want to resubscribe for $6.99, I can do so in the future. And um, Zoom keeps glitching during my Korean lessons and is driving both me and my Korean teacher up a wall. So we're going to cut it and go to Google Meet. And I think there was another subscription. Oh, I belong to Open Academy. And I'm like, that's 10 bucks a month on it. And you don't have time to take other classes. So I'm like, I cut about $40 of subscriptions this month. I'm like, wow, who knew? I didn't know it cost that much. So I'm like, I cut those and I'm like, you know, it's all going to fall into place. But at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know exactly where my home will be in the future. But I do know that I've been some places that like staying in Vietnam, in Hanoi, where it was really kind of bloody terrible, except for the food and really nice people at the hotel. I'm like, that really taught me that there are a few places, like a handful, that I'm like, I love these places. These places make me feel safe. These places make me feel good. These places, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about my safety. I don't have to worry about, you know, people grabbing my phone out of my hand. I just don't have to worry. And so, you know, that really solidified in my mind. It's like, I don't know for sure what's going to happen by June. But I'm like, I do know for sure that it did clarify some things because it's like, I was like, well, you don't have to like, like everything about a place. I'm like, but there are a few places I've been that I'm like, I really like pretty much everything about these places. So I'm, I'm going, it was worth it for that. So that's why I hate Hanoi. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at 
this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.